Welcome to Watch Over, a podcast devoted to all things Arrow and Elicity. Featuring myself, Jen, aka J Buffy Angel, and me, Kelly, aka Callista Wolf. Be aware we do discuss spoilers and swear now and then, but we will always have fun and you will too. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. I'm so tired. <laughs> it felt like a really long week. It did feel like a long week, and it didn't help that I stayed up really late last night cleaning my house. Before well, I had before my cleaning lady came, I had to clean the house. Whose fault is that? It's my fault. I was literally again, I had another moment where I was like, how did I do this when Arrow was on the show? I'm like so tired. <laughs> or when Arrow, see, I can't even say sentences when Arrow was on the show when we were watching Arrow. I don't know. I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you did it then. I think I was actually might have been legitimately insane. I think you might have had a problem. Like Nick may, like Nick might have had a point. <laughs> it's like now that I've stepped away from it and I'm on the outside looking in. I'm You're like, like yeah, um, yeah. That might have not been like the healthiest choices for me. It wasn't exactly normal. <laughs> I maybe mean, was a little overboard. Like seriously, I wrote thirty-page term papers over a TV episode every week. Like but- who does that? God bless you for it. The I know. Is grateful, <laughs> I just girl. had all these feelings. <laughs> and that's me dropping in and being like, you have to do this. You no, know, you can't write all this shit. I'm like, but I do. I have to purge. You're like, mm. no, but no, you, you don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see y'all. If Kathy had her, or if Kathy, oh, Kathy. Yeah, I can't even, if had her brothers, I would have been done writing reviews like, what season four <laughs> well, honestly if we'd have been halfway smart we've done this podcast like oh we should have ago. yeah that was really in fact all right i gotta give nick credit for this like he tried for a really long time like why don't you just do like a podcast or like a youtube channel with callie I mean... and i was like i don't know because i do reviews <laughs> <laughs> But you do reviews on the podcast. He's like, yeah, but then like you write it and then you gif it or steal gifts. I didn't steal them all the time. I put the thing. The whole stealing gifts thing, like that was the culture for a while. And then we knew better and we grew. And then it got and we realized Maybe this is stealing, and so we stopped. But for a while, it was the culture. Nobody told us it was stealing. Like, I asked around. I asked people. I was like, do do I just take these, or do I have to give credit? People were like, just take them. And yeah, then the it, rules was, changed. it was a weird time. Things and then changed. the rules changed. Nobody told me. But well, then once they told me, I credited. Here's the thing. <laughs> what people do is they kind of like, what's the word? They kind of do it, like, subversively. Yeah, and they expect you to hear them and like, oh, that means I'm not supposed to do it. I will never and do it. Like, some of us are just a little slower on the uptake, and you actually do have to be explicit with us. You have to tell us because we're that old was like one and of tired our... and we don't know any better. That was one of our funniest <laughs> conversations because I was like, so like apparently like people are mad at me because I'm not like crediting, and uh, you were like, yeah, 
I was like, wait, do you know that they're mad at me? You were like, yeah. And I was like, why did you tell me? Like, I don't think you wanted to know. I didn't think you wanted to know. I was like, you want me to tell you that shit? I was like, that's going to make her sad. That's going to make her sad. She's like, they they just don't say it to your face. I was like, oh. Oh, it's one of those things. Yeah. Those things. It was really funny. I was like, no, okay. I'll start Except for a really funny, replace that with Fandom Wank. <laughs> Speaking of Fandom right? Wank, I have something to discuss this week. Oh, okay. So there's Buckle this age-old thing. There's this age-old saying that, like, if your fandom hasn't become toxic, it will. Just wait. Like, yeah. all fandoms become toxic. And apparently the Bridgerton fandom... It's happening. It's kind of happening a little bit. Or at least I'm becoming aware of it. People are really upset this year. Well, it's not even just about the show. Like This is like le- what I would consider legitimate like fandom wank. It's ridiculous, infighting, bitterness, yada yada. Okay, so I don't know if you're aware, but this week, starting from the 6th, is Pollen Week for Penelope and Colin. Why is it their week? I will tell you. I'm glad okay. you asked. <laughs> Why are they going to leak? I don't get it. <laughs> I am very glad you asked. There's a Wait, good answer. do people actually watch the episodes one a week? No. Oh. It has nothing to do with the show. Oh, okay, gotcha. I mean, it has to do with the show and the fact that they're on the show. Yeah. But that's not why it was this week. The okay. reason it was this week is because the first line or the first few lines of the Penelope and Colin book was... On this day, she fell in love with Colin Bridgerton. And um, it was it April. was April 6th. 6th. Well, that's kind of so, sweet. It is sweet. And it mm-hmm. makes sense that that would yeah. then, like, kick off. Like, they week. actually categorically, like, have a day. They have a, they have a day. Wow. And it's, and it's really awesome. And, like, the, the actors, Luke Newton and, and Nicola Coughlin, have both, like, like, shared it on their social media and it's just like it's really cute and all the pollen fans are like really excited about it and you might be thinking to yourself but Callie what then would somebody have to say about that right I'm so confused (laughs) apparently there's some Canthony fans oh geez (laughs) who are upset because they feel they're horning in on their time. But, but like, Pollen's there the whole show. They're the will they, won't they? But they, Anthony fans feel this was their season, so therefore everything should be about them right now. And but here's didn't the they do that last year, too? Didn't they do, like, their April 6th? I don't think they did it last year. And I don't, somebody said why, and I forget now. I'm sorry, I forgot why. Somebody can... Please Maybe the show wasn't enlighten airing. us. There was a reason why it wasn't celebrated on the day last year, and it okay. was celebrated some other time. Okay, like this year they got their horses all in line, and they're like, "This is the day." Okay, we got to organize. Which you know that takes time. The fandom has to get big enough, and and each couple apparently has their week based on dates from the books oh, or whatever. That's nice. So what you bitching about, Kathleen? Because this is their time. And here's the thing. I'm a big Anthony fan. I'd say if I was yeah. a fan of any couple on the show at this particular moment in time, it would be Anthony. 
But I don't begrudge the pollen fans this. No. At all. Like, go ahead. Be make married. Anything about Bridgerton brings more Bridgerton to Bridgerton anyway. And How they're can gonna it be a bad thing. Well, and it's not like Aunt Okay. Here's the other thing. Like <laughs> All right, like it sucks to kind of be a Duke and Daphne fan because you're really not getting any more Duke and Daphne. You know what I mean? No, because your your actor is kind of like a I'm too important for this show. Pretty much, and you <laughs> lost like the 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 snap crackle pop character. It's like now we're just stuck with Daphne, who by herself is just irritating perfection. So whatever. Um, so like we got the most we're gonna get out of Daphne, which is she got to tell you know. Anthony were to stick it this season. So she that got her so moment. Funny. But going for it, I don't know. I literally don't know what they do with her. I really don't. So maybe look for a job actress who plays Daphne. Um but like that's not gonna be the case with Anthony and Kate. Like they're gonna be because on the they're, they're, they are the, the head of the household now. Right. Like they're gonna play a role, guys. As they as they mentioned, you know, Kate is going to be largely responsible for launching his sisters into society. So like Francesca and right. Hyacinth and like all this stuff, like that's going to be on Kate more well, than Well, that's what's Violet. so cool about her storyline is like, she's really like, she's good at that when she's not falling in love with her sister's prospective suitor. Yeah. No, she's, she's got a knack for it. She's got a knack for it. So she's kind of like <laughs> Lady Danbury in that sense. Um, yeah. I don't see why this needs to be an issue and I also kind of like Penelope okay all right she's not a Bridgerton but she's Lady freaking Whistledown like that's a major character to become a Bridgerton and she's gonna become a Bridgerton so like everybody calm your tits and that brings me to the second part of the Mm -hmm. fandom wank Mm -hmm. which is the blowback on Penelope on Lady Whistledown and on Nicola Coughlin herself because she is already getting it from for what? What's she well, do? people will say, oh, it's because Lady Whistledown Penelope was just so selfish and she just wanted to keep being Lady Whistledown. All this stuff, I believe it's hiding something more sinister. I think a lot of these fans are fat phobic. Mm. They don't like her because she's overweight. I really and they don't think it, but... that Colin should have to have an overweight love interest. Blah, blah, blah. Wow. Viewers being completely, you know. Already, apparently, people have been being kind of awful to her. Vapid and vain. Yeah. And that would The actress herself the has had to ask people on Instagram not to, like, mention her body to her. Like, I mean, don't, she's, don't do that. I'm just like, can we just, can we just like stop commenting on women's bodies in an right? entirety? Right. Like we all comes in different shapes and sizes. Everybody chill out. Um, well, and yeah. I'm excited to see some plus size representation on this I don't show. want I mean, her to lose weight. First of no. all, she's cute as a button. She is. She's so, not gonna. She doesn't need to. I think she, I don't think she's an unhealthy weight. Um, I just, yeah, I think she's adorable. Well, and even if it was, even like, and I've it seen is people possible. sit there and they, they try to say something because of the whole health thing. It, and that to me, uh, again, you don't know what her health either. is. You don't well, know. I see not just her. I mean, I'm talking like plus size women in general. They'll say, oh, I'm just speaking up because it's no, unhealthy. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're no, doing you're not. it because you don't like fat bodies. 
And, you know, I, I have people in my life who are like that, who you can tell are visibly uncomfortable, but by people and it bothers them and it's not a good look. Don't be that person. Don't be because guess what? There is something imperfect. If we're if we're using this as a societal standard of what's perfect in this society is for beauty, which by the way is an absolutely unattainable. Oh yeah, no, there is no one perfect body. Everybody listen to T Swizzle. Taylor Swift like goes off on this in her documentary on Netflix and it's amazing. I literally had Lauren, I pulled her over and I sat her down and I was like, watch this. Cause it was like every, every, what, how body parts are supposed to look are actually impossible. They fight against each other. You can't have one with, with, you can't have both no, one or the other. Can't. Yeah. So it's anyways. So yeah, I, 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 I do, this is ridiculous. Like it's ridiculous. And it, well, and here's the thing. There's plenty of couples out there where one is thin and one is heavier weight and that's fine. If it doesn't bother the couple, then what do you care? And they're in love and <laughs> shut the fuck up about it. Like, what do you care? I just, whatever, man. People get so bent. Like, seriously, I say this as a person who lost her shiznit over a lot of stupid stuff in Arrow, but, like, people get so bent on for the like, weirdest things. Well, I find that, like, as I get older, and, I mean, even just the difference of five years. Yeah. Like, I find that, like, my attitudes and my views kind of grow and change. And yeah. I'm like, you know what? I used to say some of this shit, and that was not okay. Yeah. You have to, you have to acknowledge when you are that when, person. When, when you're kind of being a woman-hating asshole. I'm sorry, but yeah. there's some women in fandom who are women-hating assholes I mean, sometimes. like, what's their problem? I mean, here's the thing. I think that, I think what's most important, regardless of, like, fine, if, if the actor, actress is not attractive to you, I'm sorry. I think a lot <laughs> of this is people read books. It's like, this is the problem with book adaptations. Because yeah, people yeah. read it, they get a picture in their head Yep. Of what the character's supposed to look like and right. act like and what's supposed to happen in the show. Right. And they get married to that concept. And anything that deviates from it drives them up the wall. And well, I and, kind and, of think you're setting yourself up for misery by oh, doing that. totally are. You I mean, totally I can't are. remember a time where I read a book and then I watched the TV or film adaption and I wasn't disappointed in something. Oh, of course. I mean, honestly, like this, is a terrible, this is a terrible example, <laughs> but I'm going to use it. The only okay. <laughs> books that were like pretty much bang on were the Twilight series. And we did not have great source material to work from, guys. So this, no, this, this, that's what I'm saying. Awful. It was right. So, I mean, even like Hunger Games, which I love, they did some... And like they, they leave stuff out and they change things and yeah. So I if you're not going into it with that frame of mind that this is gonna be different than what I read and it's gonna not gonna match up to my head and there's gonna be decisions that the writers made that I'm not gonna be happy with. So far, everything that you've told me they've changed in the books, I don't have a problem with. Well, like, and here's here's where I'm gonna say something that will be controversial to some of the book fans. Uh oh. Now, I've, I've, only, I've only read up through Francesca's book. Mm-hmm. That means I only have two more books to read. Mm-hmm. But I can say fairly confidently that the books 
aren't that great. They don't. Can I just be honest? They don't. I'm not reading them for a reason. They don't sound that great. And I'm. They are are aggressively mediocre. Okay. (laughs) Because this feels very Vampire Diaries to me. Because the Vampire Diary books are really like they're teen mediocre from the sound of it. And there was a crap load of stuff that they changed in the television show. It was basically like they used the source material to kind of mine from it, pick out some kernels, pick out some jewels, turn it around and make it better for the most part, which is kind of what I feel like Shonda Rhimes is doing. And for the most part, I think they're being successful at it where they're taking out the pieces and kernels of the, of the, you know, the bones of what's going on, but they're changing all the weird ass stuff, like sucking venom, well, bee and, venom and, out of a boob. That's made a lot of people be like, okay, well, if you could change shit, then why did you keep the sexual assault thing from season one? Well, like, why did you keep that in? And it's like, that's a good point. But maybe the reason they changed so much in season two was because of the fan backlash. And they're like, you know what? We can actually change this. Yeah. I mean, to me, when you're talking with the the Duke and Daphne, like clearly Daphne needed to do something, not like sexual assault, but like the whole yeah, that was taking it a little too. Far. It was taking it too far. I, I'm sure there was a way you could tweak it where it was not sexual assault, but it feel like the conflict had to be over the sexual act. You know what I mean? Or she just finds out about it and it's just she's just pissed at him. But the problem is. They had to, like, take Daphne down a peg. That was what you were saying when we were watching the first season. You were like, she gave up the moral high ground. What a dumbass. You know what I mean? I'm like, listen, the moral high ground in a marriage is priceless currency. It's you don't give it up easy. You fight for that sucker because it's rare when it happens. So when you are completely in the right and your partner is completely in the wrong, it's it's a nice place to be. So the fact that, that Daphne just gave that up just to try to, like, you know, get pregnant. I just feels, I don't know. It was just, and then, you know, of course the whole sexual assault aspect of it was really bad. I just, I just was expecting it because you warned me about it. So I guess I wasn't as pressed about it. And I think they tweaked it. I wasn't as pressed about it because I just, I'm like, this is a dumb thing. Well, yeah. And they tweaked it in the book. So at least he was sober and somewhat, yeah. In control of his faculties. Like, I, again, I don't want to go down this road yet. Anyways, so <laughs> I, I'm like, well, okay. see, it's just, I get what people are saying. But again, this is what a TV show does. They change things that you don't want them to change. And they don't change things that you do want them to Here's change. Here's the only, my only request for the remaining seasons of this show is that they keep the couples. Now, they can change whatever else they want. But like, yeah, I want Benedict not... and Sophie. I want yeah. Yeah. and yeah. and Philip and Francesca. Listen, and Michael. I get... Like, I want the the same. You want to see those stories exactly? And Instead I don't of care just, if like... they reimagine the stories. I just want to see them. Right. You want to see those characters in the books come to life. And sorry that all the relationships are hetero. What I mean, there's literally nothing anyone. Just, just what do you want us to do about it? It was Regency era, and she was writing. Well, it's not even that. Like uh, they make a good point. They're like, if you can make people of color like not a big deal, you can make gay not a big deal. Well, Except I for the that, fact why that can't they, they already do that with other make, characters in the show. Like they're yeah, they already in made characters. it a big deal in season one with with the artist friend, right? But 
it's one of those things that's like I understand you want what people, you want. You know, I understand. I totally understand why people want it, but at the but same you time, like there's books see- out mm-hmm. there that actually are written about these these relationships and are actually like they aren't just forced into that like oh we need to do this representation so we'll change this story around they're they're actually meant to be that way Mm -hmm. and why aren't we adapting those stories as well because clearly there's a thirst for for romance novels being turned into tv shows and movies there's a million of them out there yeah pick one (laughs) even better books than this that are just waiting for somebody to snap them up and and turn them into a show or a movie like this and you can have actual gay representation done well right yeah yeah and i'm not saying that there shouldn't be some gay representation in bridgerton but i also think the premise of the show is the bridgerton like framework and the framework i feel involves the characters from the books so that's like the only thing i really want to see is those couples and as long as i get that i'm happy (laughs) if you're if you're watching the vampire diaries and you read the books you're kind of expecting stefan elena and damon to like you know be the triangle yeah it's like would you replace damon with i don't know another person i don't i don't know i don't think you would like or maybe having the 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 triangle be damon bonnie and elena or something yeah exactly like, yeah that's a good way yeah it's like wait there's no triangle with stefan but like that's the whole series that's the book <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's so, that's the idea that's know? a fair and that was the whole idea so i i t- and people want to see those characters on screen right i want to see benedict and sophie because right. i think there's there while their story is somewhat problematic you know people are always quick well, to point that story out story isn't in this show exactly they're all fucking problematic and that's why i don't have it's regency drama can we just remind ourselves of what time these stories are taking place there was a whole crap load of stuff in society that was women were treated like property you're gonna have to get over it they're property (laughs) can we just like keep that in mind but that's part of and this is what i'm getting at is this is part of what i really want to see benedict and sophie because everything else you've been seeing at least in season one season two and all the other books so far it's always wealthy women it's wealthy women wealthy men aristocracy Mm -hmm. titles Mm -hmm. aristocracy aristocracy and you're not really seeing like everybody lost their shit over theo and eloise this last season and i'm like benedict and sophie are right fucking there you know (laughs) it's it's literally that story and, and did I, I feel like yeah. that's good representation, isn't it? Like, why would you want to replace Sophie with a man? Mm-hmm. Like, how is that better representation necessarily than representing mm-hmm. this this woman? Well, women, again, poor men in in that society. Just because it's not representing what you want doesn't mean there isn't representation. Well, it's representing that a different too. group. Yeah, but so. it's like poor men at that time like somebody a character like theo he has still more advantages oh, hell yeah. than a poor woman at the oh, same yeah, time at that absolutely. time yeah and that's why i think sophie's story is important i'm i'm i love benedict y'all been hearing me talk about how much i love benedict but the reason i'm excited for their story isn't because 
of Benedict, or at least mm-hmm. not just because of Benedict. It's because mm-hmm. of Sophie, because out of all of the female characters that I've read so far, she is probably my favorite. And so whenever I see somebody championing for her to be turned into a man or whatever other yeah. thing, I'm like, no, no I, I don't want yeah. that. I no, want to see fair. fucking Sophie. Yeah, I, I get it. I don't want them to like, I don't want them to change all the characters in the books and I haven't even read the books. So, uh, you know, I'm, I want to see these characters that everybody talks about and see the love story just without having to read the. And when it comes to Eloise is we've already seen her love interest. And I'm like, so why would you then change it? after? Right. They've already introduced him. You've already set it up. Yeah. Like, why would you just set it up and then be like, oh, no, now we're going to do something. I think you have to allow creators (laughs) to have their vision and you, you know, fans, Yeah, you need to write it this. You need to do it this way. You need to do it. You can comment. You can you can have opinions, but you're not going to control it. A lot of people anymore seem to like to want to try to control and things. And people but really think I, that I they can control, control it. it. And no. just because they have the power of the Twitters and they think they can control the story. And I just don't feel like that really ever works with any television well, creator if if a television or, or a film creator ever does allow themselves to be influenced like that it almost always results in a subpar product it does and it because the, the, the vision gets sense. diluted and yeah it all starts to like, kind of fall listen, apart on the page i personally have my issues with damon and elena and clearly they were fan <laughs> they favorites. Are a no TP. <laughs> like even it's just so oh my gosh, did you see my tweet yesterday? Cause they were like there was a tweet out there where it's like, you know, tweet your, you know, cancelable like opinions about the vampire diaries that would get you canceled. Right. And one of my favorite writers who reviews TV for Telltale uh, Tell TV was like, Damon should have sacrificed himself and Stefan and Alina should have had their memories of Supernatural World erased and they'd bump into each other just like the pilot and fall in love. And I'm like, because nobody is ever a Stelena fan. You know what I mean? It's always Damon and Alina. You guys are pretty rare, I will admit. and (laughs) And I'm just like, yeah. And I am just so, like, nothing boils my butt more than Damon. Well, let's not boil Jen's butt. It's like <laughs> Stefan dying for Damon when it should have been. Listen, when you say I'm the big brother, I'm sorry I wasn't better at it until now. That is a line that after that, you die. Well, and the, exactly. And if you're the big brother, imagine it to put it back in Bridgerton terms. You've got Anthony, who is the big brother, and then you've got Benedict or Colin, who's the little brother. Do you think Anthony would be okay with Colin sacrificing no. himself for him. Like, fuck no, no. Anthony's like, that's my job. Right. That was just literally <laughs> what Damon was saying to Stefan. And he was like, BTW. I was like, okay, I, this is going to leave me down. Anyway, so I was like, so someone tweeted what I feel, and I was really excited. And you're but, like, I feel justified. <laughs> right. Like, so I, I don't even remember what my train of thought was. Why did I, br- why did I bring up Damon and Lena? What were we talking about with Bridgerton? Uh, it's gone now. Anyway, so this is what they do. Changing the story. Oh, changing the story. Yeah. So I would love to be, a- ar- be able to argue, oh, Damon and Alina were just fan service. Like, you know, they didn't bring Stefan and Alina back together in season six because they were too scared to piss off the Delana. Like, you can go down that route. And 
clearly, especially with the Vampire Diaries, it's just a television show about shipping. That's it. Um, you can, <laughs> but the 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 press the the concept of the show was a love triangle. So it's like arguing that they stuck with one versus the other. Well, she was going to end up with one of them. So like, it's not like they just totally upended the concept of the entire show. No. To do that. So uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you. here's the thing. I don't know. Maybe I would feel differently about it if I hadn't read some of these books and I'd be like more okay with them switching yeah, it up. I I I'm pretty like, I'm pretty clueless about the books and I what I wanna see people is, with is, the characters that are in some the books. Of these books are problematic. Yes. Okay. So what Benedict the offer the the Benedict and Sophie book is literally called an offer from a gentleman. So this isn't oh. spoiling anything. The offer that he makes is, yeah, kind of fucking balls ass, like insulting. But I want to see what the show can do does with that. that. Like, yeah, I want to see how they improve upon that. And Colin and Penelope's book, I was not a big fan of Colin in that one. I support mm-hmm. Penelope because I believe she should get everything she wants, even if right. that's Colin. But I was like, he's kind of a fucking asshole. So yeah. I want to see how the show handles that. I want to see the, if they how they can improve it. And I mm-hmm. want to see like all these different ones. I want to see what they take with these couples from the books and how they can elevate it. Because they elevated the fuck out of Kate mm-hmm. and Anthony. Yeah, and I think they did a good job with the Duke and Daphne. Listen, I mean, and they did a good Daphne. job with Duke and Daphne because yeah, I read their I mean, book and I'm like, scene. I don't care. Listen, watch, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, maybe we can argue watching Reggie Jean like read the newspaper would have probably rated shirtless, really high yes. ratings. Fair, fair, fair <laughs> statement. I'm not gonna argue that, but. But. They still got the job done. I thoroughly enjoyed season one. Might oh, yeah. even like it in some respects better than season two. But there's some now you just going to need to bite your tongue on that. I can't. I just. I. I'm just not. I'm just not pulled into season two the way everybody is. I like Kate and 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 Anthony. I loved their scenes. Um. You're just not an enemies to lovers fan. I just don't think I am. I just... no, I, I, you don't like Damon and Elena. You don't like Katie. Yeah. Like you're, you're not an enemies to lovers. And fan. he's not really like mean to her. So he's like, I didn't have a problem with them getting together. I just think it was a slower burn for me. So it took a little. It took a little bit to get going. It was a little slower season where I felt like you know in season one. And especially with all the new characters, I kind of felt like the supporting characters were a little underserved in season two, which we can get into a little bit. <laughs> I um, think there's a lot of people that would argue vehemently. That they were over there's a lot of people, yes, because a lot of people are upset because they feel Kate and Anthony didn't get enough time in their own season that well, too much attention the... was given to side characters. Okay, let's see. Okay, here's the deal. All right, and I want to get into this with the Kate and Anthony fans because I really feel <laughs> like I want to talk about... Okay, we're going to talk about story structure with Kate and Anthony. Okay, so they... Apparently in the books, they get married. They're, like, forced into a marriage, right? Just like in the first book. Just like in the first one. So clearly, yeah. they're not going to do the forced marriage thing again in the first book. It's like, really it's really book. repetitive especially the first two seasons back to back like that. It's super repetitive. So that automatically right there we're not going to force them to get married and this is a person who hates this guy. She's not going to jump into bed with him in episode 5. Like that's not going to happen. So 
automatically, and this is an eight-episode series, guys, you're already, well, we can't have sex by episode five, which is when the Duke and Daphne finally got together. They already they had married. sex before they got married. Right, I mean, they're that's not, a she's not going to have sex deal. with them. Before, I mean, they did have sex before they got married, but, like, that's not going to happen before the emotional connection is established. Right. She's not just going to be sleeping. And, again, like, you have to understand the characters. Literally, the whole plot with Kate and Anthony is built around the fact that she's a gentleman and she's a lady. Well, and, and also that they're there to do outside the outside the bounds of marriage. That's well, and cool. also the biggest the biggest like I think framework for their characters is that they are both eldest right. siblings and, and they take care of their families. Right. And like, they can't take anything for themselves, especially if it's each other, because they're right. too busy wa- looking out for their family. So, like, I don't mind that it was a slower burn. I just, no. I just feel like people have, but like, okay, so then you take that out, you take that aspect out of it. They're not going to be jumping into bed together by episode four. Sorry, go watch Grey's Anatomy. They fuck in the closets while they're supposed to be saving lives. What do you want from me? There's a million other TV shows to pick from. So you're automatically, you're set up with Kate and Anthony are going to take a little bit longer than the Duke and Daphne. But maybe by the time they actually get together, it'll be less messy. Like, the Duke and, da- Duke and Daphne never worked through any of their issues, and they just had a whole shit show in their marriage that they had to clean up for three episodes. Whereas Kate and Anthony, they clean up their shit show a little bit before they have sex, and then there's some miscommunication, and then they get together. You know what I mean? It's like, there's steps here. So, to me, complaining that Kate and Anthony didn't get enough of their seasons, I don't... What else were you looking for? Because they're... They can't, they had to me, some of the, some of the conversations were already repetitive. It was a lot of, I don't like you, you don't like me. And then a lot of, I want you, but I can't, I want you, but I can't. Like that was literally what was going on for, you know, seven episodes. Here's the thing. Which worked, it worked, it worked for me, but like, I don't know what else they were, what else did you want them to do? I think a lot of fans also, this is kind of like a little a little seg here um a lot of fans equal hot equals sex scenes yeah i think you're i think that that i think they're not understanding the the want it but can't have it aspect i found i found season two to be hotter than season one even with less sex scenes because it was a different sort of intimacy, I guess. It was, it was, you know, season one was a lot of butts and boobs and, and boinking in libraries. And that's fine. It's great. And it was, but. Well, the scenes served a purpose. They served, absolutely served a purpose to the story. But I mean, just like when people talk about how they think season one was hotter. I'm like, I don't agree. I don't think it was I think... hotter. I just think there was more sex. No, no, no. You know, yeah, but I mean? I've heard people say that they think oh, it was hotter. hotter. And I'm like, mm, no, no, because it's you. If you think hot equals sex and there's no other definition, then yeah, I can see why you would think that. But like the Duke had, let's boil this down. Let's just do a, it's cross, a different let's, sort let's of do a side by side. We're going to do a side by side. Okay. To me, the Duke has, like, two panty-dropping speeches. There's the proposal in front of the Queen, Mm -hmm. which is, like, to me, that's Reggie John's, like, 
monologue. I mean, he did such a beautiful job in that. I was like mesmerized right through. Anyway, and then there's the love confession on the wedding night. And then we've got mess. And then it's really kind of Daphne who makes the big overture in the end because she fucked up. Um, so there's that. Anthony, all Anthony's got working for him is words right now. You know what I mean? Like, he can't... The Duke was... The, what, once the Duke married Daphne, he got to have her. Like, that was... It removed that kind of sexual tension from them because they could actually Correct. have sex. It was a different... It was a different sort of different, And then we're, like, in... We're literally into... That was the virginity story and, ex, and expanding Daphne's world and her understanding of men and marriage and being a woman and what's that... So... That all made sense why you had to have these fairly explicit sex scenes. Also, they're fun. But it's not, not you can't transfer that over to Kate and Anthony because it just doesn't make sense for the characters. It doesn't no. make sense at all for the characters. And here's, and here's something that some people aren't going to want to hear. Not all the seasons are going to have a lot of sex. I mean... It's it's not porn, guys. I don't. Is that what everybody's expecting this show? To I be? think a lot of people it's are not expecting porn. porn. It's a TV show on a streaming website. Now, if you want just straight up porn, what was that one that all the ones everybody on Netflix was watching it? What was it? It was just terrible though. Like he kidnaps the woman, and then they just have a lot of sex on a boat or something. You watched oh, it. Oh, three sixty five. Three sixty five. There's another yeah. one. There was another one where the woman's married. I watched the whole thing. It's just it's terribly written. She's married. She starts messing around with her ex-boyfriend. If it's that's t- what you want, go watch that. And, like, it's porn sex all the time. Go ahead and watch and it's that. Fine. It's but that's fine not to Bridgerton that. no. is a romance Well, story. and here's another thing. I saw something today. There was an article, speaking of Penelope and Colin, where Nicola said that, you know, she wasn't comfortable with explicit sex scenes. I completely respect that, and I don't understand how any of them are, but okay, Oh, exactly, yeah. right? Like, like, I don't know real what, comfortable. What like, I can understand yeah. why, why Kate, you know, Kate, uh, Simone Ashley playing Kate, like, she came from the show um, Sex Education. So, oh, like, okay. she's used to, you know, she was, it was no big deal. Well, Johnny yeah. Bailey, he came from some some shows that were like kind of like that too. So I can see why he's he's okay with it. But like, but it like really Nicholas, like I'm not choice. comfortable with it. So I'm not really expecting like explicit sex scenes from theirs. Their season, I think, is going to really depend upon a lot of like what we saw this season, mm-hmm. which is going to be the tension and the speeches mm-hmm. and the drama. So what I was saying in our one-to-one comparison, I would say, <laughs> I would say from a speeches standpoint, Anthony kicks the Duke's ass. Yeah. And maybe it's just candidly. what your preference is. Yeah. You know, Whereas do, you... do I feel, I think a lot of this is just my favoritism to Reggie Jean and just the Duke <laughs> character. Like, do I feel more sexual magnetism with I him? Think, I think as, you maybe, and I think that colors some people's Yeah, opinions. and, like, that's, like, like, do I just feel more sexual magnetism from the Duke, like, just himself just existing? Before I think so. Him, yes. Now, does that sexual magnetism from Anthony just individually? No, he needs he needs Kate for me to be like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's just different couples. It's a different story. But that doesn't mean, like, I'm not prepared to say I love season one more than season two or I love season two more than season one. I just, I love Bridgerton, you know? I'm totally, I'm totally I, ready to do that. And I'm like, <laughs> 
I know you are. And I'm like, I'm sure I'm driving people nuts because you're like, how do you not love? I know everybody's like, how do you not love Kate and Anthony more than Duke and Daddy? It's so fine. Guys, Everybody has has an opinion. I just don't. I don't. I some people I really, love... really loved Reggie, and they were devastated to see him go. Some people won't even watch season. Yeah, two I'm not one of those because they're, like, they're yeah, so fine. devastated. To me, it's like. I thought he was very pretty, and he to me was absolutely one hundred ten. He was the Duke, the saving grace. Yeah, in season one. Oh, like I mean, to he say saved that, he, that whole season. I mean, we have to give handled. the man credit. He launched the success of that show. He was the oh yeah. Pin. He he totally he saved it. But when I stand him up next to Anthony, hmm. And I'm like, the, even just the way they act in scenes to me, it's no comparison. I think. I do want to give Johnny credit. I think his, um, like I said, when you're doing speeches and these big epic overtures, I think I think Johnny, he I had, think Anthony, Barnum takes the. Did, I mean, my God, Bane he did a really existence. good job with like the smoldering looks. He did. It like he wanted to devour Kate. You really got that feeling, and like it was just like it was like physical, just torture for him to be around her and not touch her yeah the, you the really got the impression fighting. by the end he was a man hanging on by a thread well as seen when in the scene one of my favorite scenes from season two is when his mother comes to tell him that kate woke up yeah oh yeah and that scene i watch that too like i see that scene all the time like on tiktok on twitter like that scene is constantly coming up in front of me and i'm always astounded i'm like the way he acts that scene you oh. can tell that this is a man who has just been holding on by his fingernails i mean i do and agree just... with people Ooh. i do agree i was a i was i was disappointed we didn't get a wedding scene i think that would have been nice i hope that that's something they revisit honestly i'm i'm not expecting it I like and I'm, I'm 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 a little surprised that people are, are i like are... weddings I want to see her well, dress. Here's the thing. I just want to see the dress. I know, I know. You love that part of it. But <laughs> here's here's the thing. Like, I feel like season one set up an expectation about weddings during the Regency that well isn't exactly what they were. A lot of times they weren't a big deal. A lot of times the yeah. women didn't wear a white dress. A lot of times it was... It's you know, as you saw like. in the first one, it was just her, their family. Like, well, it's look not... at Lady Featherton, one of the Featherington girls. Like, they just got married in like the yeah. middle of the living room. So many times, I can't tell you how many of these books, and I've read a lot of these. It's books. like the wedding isn't as big a deal. Like, not as just the now. Bridgerton ones, but like ones from all the different authors. A lot of times, you'll like end the chapter and you begin the chapter, and it'll be like after the wedding. Okay, like they don't cover the wedding at all because it's not a big deal. Yeah, I do. I do think them having sex before they got married. I have opinions about that, but I do think that 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 was a necessary catalyst. I think that was a necessary catalyst for what was going to happen. We needed her to fall off the horse. So I think I liked the messiness at the end. And oh, it's I, so messy. It's great messiness at I the end. It. It's much more romantic messiness. But Duke I and Daphne were just like a dumpster fire. You're just like, can we just like fix this so we don't have to keep revisiting this dumpster fire <laughs> that you guys created of your own volition? I, I, I just like, 
I loved so much about those last two episodes. It's ridiculous. I like- love, I was so crazy about basically episodes one through five. And then like six, seven, and eight were, were for Duke and Daphne. It was like, it got real rough for them. It got right rough at certain points. You're like, <laughs> where I feel like with season two, I have a, I don't enjoy episodes one, two, three as much as I enjoyed the earlier episodes, but the later episodes, I probably enjoy more Dang. than the later episodes. Well, here's the one. thing. I love episode mm-hmm. three of season two because that that's was one good. That was that good. That had all the but flashbacks. But we didn't really get cooking. We really didn't get cooking. Until the B. Until the B, and that was like, was that four or five? Uh, I believe that was four. So, you know, when you're halfway through the season and we haven't really gotten cooking yet with the main couple, that is a slow burn. So, and it was, and it's fine. Some people love fine. a slow burn. I didn't like that it was, burn. I didn't like that it was that long of a wait. I think they kind of, like, I think we could have, like, a lot the of people. Now, here's, a, I want your opinion on this. Sooner, we could pull the. Pull the B string a little sooner. <laughs> is all I'm saying. Like, fair enough. That's fair all I'm saying. I want. I want your opinion on this, though. Yeah. This is this is an important question. So there's a lot of people, particularly. I mean, oh, admittedly, a lot of these people are ones that read the book, but a lot of people felt that they thought the thing with the Wiena went too far. That that should never have gone as far as a wedding for them, and that they they felt that that in some way ruined. Kate and Anthony's love story. Now, I have zero problem with it. Thank you. Okay, I agree. <laughs> I almost kind of wish we disagreed so that we could bitch about like, it, like debate about it. But like, I think that was part of the fun. And, and like, some people are like that's not fun. That's it's not all fun. Depends, that all depends on what your definition of fun is, I guess. But it was high drama. Taking it clear to the wedding is high fucking drama. Well. Again, story structure. Here's the problem, guys. They <laughs> have other characters in this show that they need to service. Okay, the Duke got married. Daphne's perfectly happy. What do you do with Lady Danbury? What do you do with... I mean, I actually think... Um, Lady mother, Danbury plays a much bigger show. had a bigger role. season this year because her oh, issues yeah. with Anthony are so core. But what the frick do you do with the queen? You have to make her an active participant, and it can't yeah. just be looking for Lady Whistledown. So she's an the queen is an active participant in this high society. This is like a legit thing. Well, she's and the I head feel I feel they kind of ramped up the queen because they're doing this queen right. sequel. I, they are, and they want to kind of launch into that. Right. By so they're trying to people. give these supporting characters bigger roles, and I understand that people don't maybe enjoy them as much, but to me. This is a little bit like when people would bitch about Thea or, you know, we spent too much time on, you know, Roy or, you know, it's like. It gives the whole show flavor. If it was only about. The show is, was never just about Oliver Felicity Diggle. I'm sorry. It wasn't. There were always other characters. There are always other stories they're going to service. That's just the way it is. It's the same thing with Bridgerton. The story is just not going to be about Kate and Anthony. And here's the thing. If you want the story to be just about them just read the books and don't watch the show because right. each book you like lady danbury like shows up a couple times across several right books. Like, she's she's not a main character there is no fucking queen at all okay violet is is rare the featheringtons 
like you don't see near as much of them. Okay. You know, like so, all this yeah. other if shit. You're just like, expecting if you it just to be want eight. the couples, read the books. Yeah. And if you're just expecting it to be eight episodes of Kate and Anthony bickering and then tearing each other's clothes off, sorry, you're gonna be pretty disappointed. But you Very can't get an eight-hour TV show out of that, guys. I'm sorry. Well, and you're they're not gonna launch a TV show just for right. minimal it's characters. Exactly. They're gonna have an ensemble. I have no problem with messy triangles. Oh, I, I really don't. You love those things. <laughs> I love messy triangles. And okay, my <laughs> thing is because everyone's like, "What you bitch so much about Sarah Oliver and um?" We don't like it when they're not well, done well. Well, yeah, when they're done <laughs> shitty. My primary beef with um when it doesn't make sense to the overall story arc well there's that (laughs) this concept the way they did laurel and sarah and oliver this idea that okay these sisters who this guy came between the sisters and we were still like acting like the most important relationship was oliver and sarah and oliver and laurel no, like, the no, most important relationship was Laurel and Sarah. And that is something that they did get right in season two. They were like, okay, yes. Oliver, this is not about you anymore. This is about these two women repairing their relationship. Correct. So, and then after that, we never revisited the romance triangle with either one of those. It's like they had to find, like, who's the true love match in this mess? And it was always going to be Laurel and Sarah. So I didn't actually hate... um you know, the, 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 the whole story. And I thought like, that's a fair reason why Laurel would hate him. What I had a hard time understanding is why Laurel would ever want to get back with him. him It never made sense. Okay. So people are going to (laughs) say, well, you can argue the same. Why would it would, it would be the same thing if Edwina still wanted to marry Anthony after she finds out he's in love with her sister or hooked up with his sister which like, she didn't because, like she a didn't. badass, she, she said, like, "I deserve better." I deserve better. So the messy triangle worked out the way it was supposed to in a fairly unmessy way. And I have less of a beef with the whole sibling thing. Well, I would never dream of you know being attracted to or dating you know my sister's boyfriend. Well, clearly it's twenty freaking twenty two. Although if you watch you know, Jerry Springer or whatever. Trust me, guys. There's or, many shows where that, that very thing Am I the happen. asshole? Am I the asshole articles on Twitter? Like, trust me, it happens just plenty. But in Regency area, like, this happened. Like, people just, you know, oh, this didn't work out with this sibling. On to the next sibling. Like, that's what happened. Literally, <laughs> Queen Isabel, right? She was the Italian queen was engaged to King Henry's older brother and he died. King Henry VIII, he was the spare heir. And he got married to his brother's essentially wife. Mm -hmm. Well, and and Bridgerton, look at Philip and Marina. Marina was in love with Literally what they did. Like, we're already, why wasn't everybody screaming about Marina marrying his brother? Well, well, he's dead. Well, just because he's dead doesn't make him any less her brother and inappropriate. You know what I mean? But that was fine back then. That was fine. that's just what they did. It's an economic thing. Like pe- women needed men to survive 
for food, clothing, shelter, money, everything. Oh, 100%. It's very easy to sit here in 2022 and look at it through the modern lens and be like, be like Eloise and and scoff at marriage Mm -hmm. when the reality is, is marriage was oftentimes the only thing that protected these women. Right. And And it's shitty. Mm-hmm. We're not saying it's not shitty, but it's the Yeah, truth. do I agree? It's like Anthony kneels down and you're like, oh, okay, here we go. But what else was he going to do? He's convinced himself that he can't have a relationship with any woman he loves. He's in love with Kate. He figures the fastest way to blow that up and to stop that is to get engaged to Edwina. Then he figures out, oh, I'm, I mean, guys, you have to understand. Also, at He's that a- point... He's half convinced that Kate hates him. Right. Like it's, when you see some of their interactions before he proposed to Edwina and after, he's, he's like, Why do you hate yeah. me? Yeah. I don't why I don't understand why you hate me. Why do you hate me so much? Her, Please don't her. say that you hate me. Please tell me you don't care about me. Like he really kind of wanted her to like give him a crumb. And she was like, Absolutely I cannot because this is all for my sister and I'm a piece of garbage. Well, yeah, she doesn't return his affection in any shape, way, or form until after he's already engaged to Edwina. If you want to really have a beef with somebody, well, I I just I read it a little bit differently. She's just had an attraction to Anthony, but she had it in her mind that no, no, right? She wasn't letting Anthony know that this is absolutely not going to happen. I cannot let this happen. I won't even look at it because it's absolutely impossible. There's yeah, no way in I hell. Again, and it's none all of this, for Edwina. And I know everyone's like, well, you know, I never really felt like I think I think Anthony cared for Edwina. I think he liked Edwina. I don't think he was ever in love with Edwina. Oh, no, no. 100%. Which is, that was it the wasn't whole point. really like they tried to sell it as like, oh, he has feelings for both. I'm like, no, no he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Um, <laughs> again, it's like, again, it's a fairly predictable plot and how, how this is going to work out, but it's a romance novel. So it, these aren't complicated. Yeah. The, 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 you always know how uh, it's going to work. But out. I was not, oh, <laughs> this tar- tarnishes Kate and Anthony's. No, yeah. Whatever. It's fine everybody worked out we'll just get Edwina married to the prince and it'll be she'll outrank everybody it'll be great nobody's gonna like die over this shit no it's like guys you gotta relax (laughs) like I understand why you would have moral issues with dating your sister's boyfriend good for you that's that's the right thing to do pat yourself on the back but we're applying today's societal standards to some like really old like old timey stuff well, and, and sometimes you enjoy a story better when you just like let, let go, go and just watch just let it go like just let don't go and watch and just enjoy I, it's like listen you guys if i if i stopped watching a television show every time i morally disagreed with a character <laughs> you wouldn't have any shows to i watch. would not watch anything you guys <laughs> i'm catholic i'm catholic done what is there for me to watch based on my church's standards? You're like, well, these people are garbage. I'm like, keep watching. Exactly. <laughs> well, I don't think they're garbage, but I'm like, again, <laughs> like you can't, you can't. It's fiction. Yeah, it's fiction. Just go with it. It's fun. Just roll with it. Of course. I want to. I want to roll into another rant while we're while we're on. Okay, this. I'm ready. I'm ready. Speak your truth. We, we need to rant a little bit more about Eloise. 
Yeah, so I was reading that BuzzFeed article that you were like, and like it was like all those all the statements that are gonna make. You I pull said, your hair don't out. click it unless you want to read. So I, I clicked it, <laughs> and I was agreeing with you until I hit Eloise, and then I was like, I'm not really. That was the only one I. Agreed oh, okay, with. good. I was like, I'm really not disagreeing <laughs> with the Eloise stuff. Like the, the only one, on. the whole thing that I agree like, like that's like they nailed it, honestly. Well, I I shared out a thing on on my TikTok thread, <laughs> um where this gal was like Eloise kind of represents this white feminism in that she's coming at everything from an extremely privileged point of view. Oh, I watched that. It was excellent. Yes. Yes. And where she's sitting, there's there's no stakes in what she's doing and saying. And she doesn't even really she, she and that's not the same for Penelope even. No. Say. Yeah. At all. Yeah. They're not on the same field. I think a lot of people and a lot of the, the fans who who kind of like shit talk Penelope mm-hmm. and say that she was the one at fault in the argument with Eloise and all this stuff. I think they're coming at it from this idea that Eloise and Penelope are on level playing fields. Yeah. Absolutely not on level playing fields at all. No. Yeah. Never. They never were. The Featheringtons are not regarded as highly as the Bridgertons. And that's just for starters. I mean, that's yeah, just like right out the from gate. The, the, the social status point of view, you know, yeah. The, it's like there's no comparison between the Featheringtons and the Like you say Featherington in that town and everybody's going to roll their eyes because ugh, the Featheringtons, like they're, they're, you know they're they're kind of like the you'd ha- hesitate to You're use the this white trash. Phrase. I was about to say I didn't want to say white trash. I'll but say it. Like, <laughs> I mean, you're terrible. I'm sorry, uh, but but okay. So there's there's that whole that whole thing, but there's also the pretty privilege. Now, Eloise is a conventionally attractive woman. She's thin. She's pretty. And Penelope, she's she her clothes don't suit her, the colors that her mom picks out for her. You know, she's overweight. She is always overlooked more than Eloise simply because of her, her appearance. Yep. And Eloise, like I said before, Eloise can has the privilege of choice because her family is more wealthy. If she doesn't want to marry, she doesn't need to in order well, to have and if any the Bridgerton, kind of financial yeah problem. have we noticed that if the Bridgertons screw up that is more easily forgiven than when the oh, Bridgertons yeah. screw up I've noticed. totally I've totally noticed that so it's, it's like it's true. one thing if Penelope screws up but it's another thing if Eloise screws up and Penelope is like trying to bring her attention to that for the entirety of the show oh, and it's like she's the entirety like, and then and then with the the wealth and the choice thing you know the wealth gives Eloise more privilege because she doesn't really need to worry about her family being tossed out in the cold. She has that less stress on a daily basis for starters. And then you get down to like basic love and acceptance. Look at Eloise's family and how they yeah. actually treat Eloise and yeah. her relationships, like particularly with her brother Benedict. Like she has people that love, care, and support her. You know, and yeah. what does Penelope have? Her mother disregards her. Her sisters 
disregard her. She doesn't have a father. She Colin disregards her. She has nobody on her side. The only two people she has on her side are Eloise and Colin, and both of them and that ain't much. stuck knives in her heart in that last mm-hmm. episode. So now she's all by herself. And then they will sit there and they'll say, oh, Penelope was selfish. Penelope. And then they like, judge. Are you fucking kidding me? They are not Well, okay, can we flip the script a little? What if it was Eloise who was Lady Whistledown? First of all, what is Penelope doing that everybody else in society isn't? They're all talking about this stuff. She just puts it in print. Yeah. Okay, that's literally the only difference. Everything Eloise and Penelope do, all they do is they stand in a corner and Penelope tells Eloise all the little tidbits that she's picked up and Eloise responds to it. So mm-hmm. all, all Penelope did was take that and put it in print. Now, mm-hmm. yeah, were there some things and about make the some British money off of it <laughs> and make some money off of it. Now, the entire time in season one, we're supposed to be cheering on Eloise to be this brave, independent woman with her own career and not, you know, living by society standards. But suddenly when it's Penelope who does that. Well, then, then not she's okay. just selfish. Then it's not okay. And, she's a self absorbed And I mean. Why can't you speak ill of the Bridgerton family? They're not perfect. Wasn't that the whole point of season one was Daphne? You guys aren't perfect. Get off your high horse. <laughs> yeah. So maybe little, maybe Lady Whistledown has reported on a few things that brought, you know, Daphne and, you know, the Duke and Anthony and Kate people down a peg or two. From where I said they could have used being taken down a peg or two. Well, and, and by and large, I mean, I don't. I don't and recall. I don't really feel like she's ever gone after the Bridgertons in a way no, to like I hurt was, them. I was anything, trying to. I was about to 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 say I don't recall if it's ever been explicitly stated in the show, but certainly in the books it was mentioned that Lady Whistledown goes very easy on the Bridgertons. Well, very. The Duke easy and Daphne. Daphne. I said this and last she time. never has a bad thing to say about. Cole. No, and the Duke and Daphne. Duke and Daphne would never even be married without Lady Whistledown. Hmm? So. Daphne has her entire life to, you know, thank Lady Whistledown. I mean, I really don't think, um, I really don't think Anthony and Kate would have gotten together without her. I mean, she's facilitated a lot of your ships coming together, guys. Maybe like lay off the condemnation. I am sorry she upset Eloise because Eloise didn't know she was Lady Whistledown. She feels stupid and she feels lied to whatever. It's bullshit. I, (laughs) fine. Oh, you insipid little wallflower. I mean, shut up, Eloise. I don't want to hear it. When she I, I said that, by the time I she got to that, guessed. I was like, you know what, bitch? I've just had enough of your attitude. It's really where I'm at. So I was really glad when Penelope just screamed at her. Now, her comeback wasn't as great, but it had emotion behind it. And I think... And I, maybe a kernel of truth. Maybe Eloise is And I do think some of it has... Yes. I think there's a kernel of truth in each of what, what each said to the other. Oh, yeah. I think there are points, Eloise, Eloise's point of, oh, she wrote about Eloise because she was trying to protect her. No, she was trying to say, she didn't want the queen to find, she didn't want the queen to, to think that Eloise was Lady Whistledown, but she also didn't want the queen to know she was, like, Penelope was Lady Whistledown. So it was equal parts trying to cover her ass and and I guess she figured that this is the only way to save Eloise from the fate of the queen so I'm with Eloise on that she's a reason to be annoyed but little miss I 
don't care about society standards getting all worked up being written in a scandal sheet doesn't track with me. Well, if I have no of... problem going to see Theo. Oh yeah. What no. are you getting pressed about if it's in the freaking paper? <laughs> right. So, like, sorry, how... aren't we the independent strong woman who doesn't live by society standards? But then all of a sudden she gets judged by society, which she she condemns and scoffs at every single day of her life. And, and it was light because Lady Whistledown didn't say, oh, she's sneaking off with this lower class boy. She's saying she's going to to meetings. Right. She's sneaking off to go to meetings. It was it was mild and everybody. And everybody got over it in two right. seconds and it got the queen off her back. And here's the thing. I've seen some fans say that if Penelope was a real friend, that she would have gone to the queen and told her she was Lady Whistledown. Listen, and I'm like, go, you guys, are you fucking kidding me yeah, can you imagine sure. what would have happened to penelope if she did that i mean just i stop am and not think for a minute i am what not confident she wouldn't get her head chopped off like i'm that that's like i know absolutely... we're like this is like disney world regency area era but like it would have been bad she could have been sent to prison she could have been sent to prison her family would have been toast. Yeah, they'd strip all of all the all those titles are bestowed upon them by the queen. So either Penelope lets the queen believe that Eloise is is Lady Whistledown, and Eloise and the Bridgertons get that punishment, or she tells them that she's Lady Whistledown and her life is literally over. Pretty much. And you think this is this is a logical thing. Penelope yep. was trying to find a way to get them both out. And this was it. And I think the majority of Elo- of Eloise's anger is she prides herself on being this really astute thinker and the most obvious answer was staring her right in the face. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know she feels lied to because yeah, Penelope's lied to her. But maybe she would have felt more comfortable telling her this if Eloise had been anywhere near the kind of friend Penelope's been to her. That's exactly 100% true. I mean, I noticed it in season one that their yeah. relationship was extremely lopsided. It's very one-sided. And I really by the end of season one, I was like, I'm feeling like we're more frenemies than we are friends and we need to have it out. And they're having it out. And, and so in season three, we're going to have the total frenemies treatment. And then, like, it'd be so great if, like, Colin, then the Colin stuff. Because, like, now Eloise knows something that could really damage any potential with Penelope and Colin if he starts showing interest. Well, and in the books, I mean, if they're at least going to draw that in, it is a source of contention between Colin and Penelope is her being Lady Whistledown. So... I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see where they go Plot. with it. And I think there's a lot of story possibilities, but I think caping for Eloise at the expense of Penelope is absolutely the wrong take. Yeah. Wrong take. Let's yeah. not I don't, do that. I really don't feel I don't feel weirdly enough I don't feel like Lady Whistledown is mean-spirited. I think she's just no. calling stuff like it is. And I do think she's been very kind to the Bridgertons because she loves the Bridgertons. And I think Eloise, when she gets over her bruised ego, and I do really feel like there's a lot to, oh, well, you know, Eloise talks about being a writer, and it's Penelope, a person who deep down she might feel like she was better than, who's doing it. 
She doesn't come from the great family. She's not the super smart one. That's Eloise. Eloise was supposed to be doing all these things, but Penelope did it. So, like, if you're not willing to acknowledge that Eloise has some issues with that, I just don't think you're seeing the full picture. Eloise is not perfect. Penelope is not perfect. Yeah, once you acknowledge that, it's really hard to blame Penelope completely. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Well, and I like I. I just I like have a bit of a Penelope better either. Too. Yeah, I do. I do too. Sorry, I guys. Like, I have a bit of a Penelope bias. I do too. So like, I like Colin and Penelope. I'm yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just not that invested in Eloise. I've never been that invested in Eloise. I think she's one of those characters that other characters that we all like. She's like like Colin's the Felicity Smoke. Like Eloise was tolerable in season one because they stuck her with the Felicity Smoke of Bridgerton, which is Colin, who's the Labrador Retriever of the Bridgerton the Brothers. I don't love Colin that much. I like Colin. <laughs> I think I think he's like he's like of of the Bridgerton brothers, he's like the least problematic, but that's only because he hasn't had much of a storyline and hasn't actually interacted with a female other than sleep. Now, I think we all know who my favorite Bridgerton brother is. I mean, clearly. Listen, it doesn't oh, hurt I've that been, he oh looks God, exactly like I've been, Colin Dahl. I switched their names. I switched their names. Oh, I'm a okay. Benedict. They may, Benedict is the Felicity Smoke. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So yes. they stuck Colin. Sorry. Benedict is the Felicity Smoke. And so I think they had these great scenes with Eloise and Colin. And it made Eloise somewhat tolerable. But Benedict was Benedict. I keep saying Colin, but Benedict you was do. busy with Anthony. <laughs> so this is what happens when I'm tired. Uh, but Be- Benedict was busy with Anthony and going to art school, so there wasn't a lot of Benedict and Eloise this season, and she was just intolerable. To there me. was the one scene of them on the the swings, and I thought, eh, I thought I like me. Of course, I was looking for scene like hints at, at Benedict season. And, like, things that he was saying, like, particularly, like, I don't know if you recall, during, like, the whole poetry thing. Yeah. When he was talking to Anthony about what poem to do and everything. Yeah. Like, the things, like, that he said applied directly to what's going to be his story. And so I was like, ah, yes. That was good speech. (laughs) I want it. But, like, again, we're not going to see much of the stare because we're focusing on the, this is the season of the air. So... Correct. You know, I can't, I don't get too worked up when like no, oh, this you, know, you can't get work, too worked up. Yeah, I, that's no way. Was list. I upset with the Featherington? I don't find the Featheringtons to be the most interesting aspect of the show. But I did not enjoy it that much. But then when it got to the end, and Mrs. Featherington was like. Did they just save her character? Okay. (laughs) Because you think she's going to be a character who would sell out her kids for the boyfriend. Yeah. Like, I love what she said to him at the end. She's like, I'm a mother. These are my ladies. These are my ladies. Fuck you. Don't mess with the cubs. I was like, (laughs) yeah. And like, Uh, what was really great about it is after he leaves, she was upset. She really did care about him. Yes. So it was a sacrifice for her. It's not a sacrifice if she felt nothing for him. That's why they had her feel something for him. Because she really did sacrifice her own happiness. And I thought that was so interesting. Because this is a a character who's fairly... um, Fairly morally gray. And (laughs) self-serving in a lot of ways. 
so it made it really did i mean oh my god if you're going to talk about one scene saving one character i was like well now i have to like her i know so, exactly right like i shit. didn't give a shit about her and i know that scene happened i'm like okay like, now i have to stand <laughs> now i gotta like stand this woman like what the heck so yeah did i think like some of the featherington stuff but here's the re- here's the deal you got to think about the show and yeah. it's called bridgerton but mm-hmm. penelope is lady whistledown she's literally one of the main characters so they're gonna focus on her family too which is funny because literally one of the people who is bitching about about penelope said she acts like she's a main character and everybody's like (laughs) what do you mean she acts like she's a main character she is like she's literally going to imdb i mean she's like third or fourth or fifth bill when when it started she was the only one i knew because i'd watched dairy girls oh god i love her and dairy girls she's so funny <laughs> so it's like i've only so... seen like trailers and i'm like oh my god she cracks me up i have to watch I... that show no you have to watch it. it is the most hilarious i'm gonna totally watch it i love it all right i gotta feed my human go feed your little baby human my little baby girl all right and i got homework for you before before next oh, okay week. lay it on me i'm ready you need to watch the ultimatum on Netflix. The ultimatum on Netflix. Okay, it's there. They're they're done by the people who did Love Is Blind. Nick and Jessica oh! Lefe, or yes. Nick and yes. I was wondering if you were going to watch Vanessa. that. Yes, oh. I've I've watched three episodes so far. It is bonkers. So you okay. have to watch Woo-hoo! it. Trash and it's not. Dude. It's one of those ones where they're going to release like episodes a little bit at a time. But I want you to watch until like next week. We can talk. Okay, that sounds good. I like ultimatum. it. Ultimatum. All right. <laughs> Talk next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week. Be sure to listen next week. Subscribe to WatchOver on iTunes or Google Play. And look us up on Twitter and Tumblr. Bye. Bye.